episode 130 of the Big Rhetorical Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Woods. On this episode of the podcast, I chat with Brandon Ying about his role as the first TBR podcast undergraduate intern. But I definitely didn't want all the footage or all the um, context or the content to be, you know, theory-based or um, communication-based. I want people to talk about their personal lives. I want people. I want to hear people talk about, you know, their families, their um, the, the the work they do, how how they're affected by this and that, you know. I want to start by thanking Brandon for his time and his labor during this collaboration. He has done outstanding work, both in front of the mic as an interviewer, but also as an editor and as a producer. I am excited, I guess, (laughs) to follow Brandon's work in the future, to see what he does after his time at York University in Toronto, and hopefully... Brandon and I will continue working together in the future. I also want to shout out Dr. Rich Scheivner, who you can listen to on episode 113 of TBR Podcast, for inviting me to take part in this collaboration and for pairing me with such a talented student like Brandon. I kind of hope this becomes an annual thing. Thanks, Rich. Brandon Ying is a fourth-year professional writing student at York University in Toronto, Canada. His disciplines are book publishing and digital authoring. His fields of interest include film history and filmmaking, fiction writing, podcasting, punk rock, popular music history, and urban planning. He is expected to graduate in September of 2023 and is excited to enter the world and use what he's learned. Brandon resides in Vaughn, Canada with his dog, Opie. I hope you enjoy the interview. What's your name, your institution, and your role there? Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, My name is Brandon Ying. Uh, I'm at York University. I'm a fourth year professional writing major and uh that's all i do as a student i don't do very much i guess <laughs> the school yeah are you from toronto yes and no I, I this is my favorite thing to say the whole it's a whole thing in toronto culture or maybe just general metropolitan culture where everyone who's from the area will say they're from the main city you know if you're from you know the bronx you're from new york if you're oh, but if you're from like metropolitan Austin, you say you're in Austin, yeah, or, yeah, or, or whatever. But um, I was born in Toronto, um, but then my um, I was raised in a place called Thornhill, which is a community within a city called Vaughan, which is the city um, directly north of Toronto. Okay, so kind of like a suburb situation. Yeah, absolutely, that is the right word. Suburb. I was a I'm a, I'm a suburbs baby. I a suburbs baby. <laughs> so, what was it like growing up in Vaughan? Um. I'll always say it's a great place to raise kids, you know, that whole typical suburban kind of idea of great place to raise kids, you know, um, schools right, right next really are really close and you can walk to them. But because again, it's a suburban area, if you want to get anywhere else, you got to drive. So as a kid, I would just like walk to the park, walk to my friends, like on those streets. And, you know, if I ever want to go anywhere else, I 
had to ask my father to drive me there because I could not, I could not go anywhere properly on foot. Is your family still involved? Yes, we are indeed. We're gonna be moving soon because my dad's old. Um, my dad's sixty. My dad's sixty-seven. He's okay. So he's retiring. <laughs> he's retiring soon. So okay. what's be, he do? He is a um. How do I say this? That's not me. He's a shipping manager at a first aid company. Okay, very cool. Yeah, degree in uh in mechanical engineering, which he does not use in his job, unfortunately. Oh wow, smart guy. Sounds like. So you're living, you're growing up in, you're growing up in Vaughn. What pushed you to go to York University uh, for your undergraduate degree? Uh, Was it the lure of living in a metro area? Was it a specific program? Was it just being close to home? How did you make the decision to wind up at York? Hit the nail right in the head, Charles. (laughs) Um, Yeah, famously, York is a commuter school. Um, people who go to the school, they take the bus or they drive or they walk. They do not walk. They, t- they take transportation here to get here. People really, I know like two people who live on the, on campus compared to like people who like live at, who go to UFT or, or um, Metropolitan University here in Toronto. Those are much less, those are much less commuter schools. They're in the heart of downtown Toronto. So people will have, will have to live down there usually because it's really far, but um, the great thing about York is it's um, literally on the <coughs> northern border of Toronto. So I live, you know, just north of Toronto, like the city of right above it. So I'm basically at, at like on the, on the same street that divides my city from Toronto is where York is. <laughs> so it's it's it is quite close. So you mentioned your fourth year. Um, that means you've chosen your major area, and you mentioned it was professional writing. Why did you choose professional writing? Uh, what what draw, drew you to that field of study? And what do you hope to kind of do with a professional writing degree in the future? Very good question, Charles. Uh, you sound like everyone when I was uh, when I, when I was first getting to university. But I appreciate the question. Um, I will I will be real with you. I'll be honest with you. Um, I did not know what I wanted to do with school. I think a lot of young people will agree with me when, when I say that. It's, yeah, I was, I didn't either. Um, I originally planned on going to York for uh, music. Um, before I was a writer, I was a musician. I play guitar, I play guitar for about maybe 10 years, about, about 10 years now. So, yeah. uh, so originally I was going to go to York for um, performance, classical guitar, because um, it's the closest thing I knew how to play. And um, they wanted you to go for an audition and I just like I couldn't go to an audition I didn't want to I just didn't feel like going to it like I want to do it anymore after you know applying for everything and having and like booking an audition I just didn't feel like it was for me anymore and um, my aunt she you know when in this time when I was trying to look what I was going to do in my last year of high school or whatever She's like, Brandon, you're always watching the news because I, I was like really weird kid. I, I, I was like in high school, I would just sit in front of television. Like I was, I was like some like, you know, like typical like old person just like watching, t- like watching way too much, like like Fox News or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would do that. And she'd be like, Brandon, I was watching the news. You should like, you know, work in, you should be a journalist. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And, and so, but like, you know, I, I let the idea sit for a little bit, you know, like I don't do too much writing. I, I see, I see, um, nearly failed English three times in high school. I barely, pa- I 
passed by the skin of my teeth three times. So it's <laughs> goodness. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't ask how bad I'm at math. I'm way worse at math than I am at English. Oh, math. I'm way worse. Than, I'm no. Uh, you're breaking one of the cardinal rules of the podcast, which is not to talk about math. What really? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh my god. So professional writing was there for you instead of music. I, yeah, it was. Um, I I applied to professional writing because, like, you know, it was not, no, no other writing um, program at York. I didn't yet know that. Um, I was really bad at researching um, university. I picked the major based on I, what it was called. I think a lot of people are bad at researching the university, the institution, knowing what documents to look at, knowing which. And so many things, like a course description could be different in two different places based on when it's updating. It can be really overwhelming. So I feel that. Like, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. I agree with you. (laughs) It's kind of tough to do that research if you don't know how to do it. So professional writing at York, uh, what kind of classes do you take? Uh, And what classes are you taking this semester? both in the program and other classes that you may be taking in other disciplines? Um, so I, I guess um, like in all universities um, structures, you, or maybe more for, for professional writing, but in writing, they want you, they start you off in the first two years, kind of getting a more general idea of the disciplines they do teach in the, in the later years. So you'll have, have introduction to literary forms, introduction to, Right to, to you know writing like early like prose classes kind of stuff to like get you involved in this stuff um, and within those cl- like research kind of stuff uh, within those classes you will do assignments that are very meticulously planned out to um, to uh, guide you into into those other um, the the disciplines later later in the university like I remember in first year they were pushing for people they oh, an assignment was to do a a, da- uh, a damage control esque um, uh, piece where you had to, you know, cover some like politician's ass for like messing up or something like that, and that would lead you into like a more corporate writing job, that which is one of the disciplines here. You know, some of them were more creative, some of them were more, you know, digital authorship based, um, which leads me to what I'm doing. Um, I'm in this year. I'm in digital authoring, which uh, with uh, Dr. Rashavner, who, as you know, put us in in contact together. Uh, so that's he does digital authoring, and then so he, he does digital authoring. That's honestly, I've been in it for two years. I only kind of understand what digital authoring is is actually pertains to. I know it's about it's a lot about communication and composition, partially because I've been listening to this show and it's been t- teaching me a lot about my own major, which I should you know should be learning within class. But regardless. Um, and then I'm also in uh, publishing. Publishing, like like uh, publishing, would be more like is it like book publishing. And that one is, I think, one of the lesser developed ones here at York. They don't really push you in that direction too much because they, they, it's, it's kind of hard to do that at a at a lower level because it's very specialized work. You don't like not everyone needs to learn say how to. Um, pick up a manuscript and like see if it's going to be popular but uh, you know it's way easier to teach someone how to write a critical essay or a um or a short story something like that so those are the, those are the 
Quakers I'm in this year for like my disciplines uh, going forward. And then also I, um, I have a course called um, rhetoric and writing uh, news, uh, rhetoric in the news, which is like, I guess, going back to like my journalism. Um, yeah, I bet that's interest. like your favorite class, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> oh, no. It, just, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, a, it's a lot less, you know, writing, writing news, but analyzing it. So it's kind of like film, like, like a film, a film studies major as opposed to a film major. You know, one will make the movies, okay. one will analyze them in a sense. So instead. So that's one. And so that's, that's my writing stuff. And then I'm also taking um, a f- course called Filming Literature, which um, taught by Dr. Natalie Neal, which um, if, if, if you listen to the other episode I did, uh, you'll, you'll know her very well. Um, episode so, 129. 129. Right? Yeah. So um, and then uh, so basically in every uh, in two weeks, eight segments, we will watch a film and then read the book that it is based on, whether that be a play like we did um we did um macbeth and throne of blood which are very interesting adaptations you do like you know the typical um jane austen we did jane austen you know prime prejudice um we did 300 which is you know a graphic novel adaptation so it's you know and in, since in, 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 oh that's know, cool and just seeing how you know how filmmakers you know what it what does it mean to translate work what does it mean to what does authorship mean in, you know, in this multimedia kind of world we live in, I suppose. That's cool. That sounds like a like good combination of courses too, you know, uh, to kind of immerse yourself in a discipline. I want to know more about the film and literature class uh, from Dr. Neil at some point later. Alas, let's talk about uh, Dr. Rich Schagner's class. Um, What's the what's the name of that class, Brandon? It is called it's it's like it's kind of a two parter. It's it's called the digital authoring practicum. The previous one is just is digital authoring. It's just digital authoring. It's like you know teach you the concepts, but like the practicum is actually doing it, I suppose. So yeah. Okay, so this is a two part sequence. Uh, you've taken the first part. You're in the practicum now. What are some of the goals, right, of this course, like? In terms of, and you think about this, like how Rich laid it out for you, or also, which also would be valuable for our, the listeners. Like, what are your perceptions of what the goals are uh, from the, as a student? I think it's about just because it's about becoming a better communicator. Almost, you know, it's it's a lot of you know we're not com we're not communication majors. You know, we're we're writing majors, and like that's our main way of communicating and just and because you know so much of the writing we do these days is digital you know it's good to learn you know the theories and the advantages that the digital forum has to communication and and authoring and how to you know take advantage of those um, theories how to use them in like active ways that you know will just make make you both a better communicator and a better writer i guess listeners uh this is a practical class and the students are partnered with nonprofit organizations and dr shavner rich said to me since i'm incorporated as a nonprofit organization to give the award and the fellowship um 
I was able to partner with the class, uh, with the university. And Brandon was the person I was partnered with. Uh, yeah. and, I, the, <laughs> and it's been an exceptional uh, experience. I think, I don't know if this is like 100% right. So you just like tell me and correct me. But I think one of the reasons that we were paired together was because you enjoy podcasts and perhaps podcasting, or maybe you want to learn more about that. Am I correct about that? And if not, why were we paired together? <laughs> Um, I think fate brought us together, but uh, you know, <laughs> but um, in a, in a, in actuality, um, yeah. So, Rich, it's the the point of the course is, is to get this practical experience, to do work in in the field, to get your feet wet, to get some kind of um, withstand um, grasp of what you want to do with your life. I suppose you know in your career, and he had to submit a paper or not paper, but like a. a a submission list of, you know, things we're interested in, you know, you know, so he could help us better um, get with um, the people we want to go with. So some people are more into technical communication. So I had a buddy of mine who he was part up with. Um, I think this, they're called the technical writers East Coast or West Coast something like that. They're like technical writers based out of Vancouver, I believe. So he wants to do that. So he was pushed towards them. I know um, one of my other classmates, she was really, she's, she wants to become a teacher. So she was brought into contact with um, Dr. Rich's, uh, his son's school. And I, I think it was a school, it was some, some school. And she would work with the students to like, um, you know, like communicate um, digitally, you know, like with camp and that kind of stuff. So she put down, she wanted to, she was interested in teaching. So she got put into a, a school, I suppose. And I, one of my interests I put uh, as, I won't lie to you. I'm, I'm not the most interesting guy. I don't have many interests in a sense. So one of the things I had to put in was like, I put in music, obviously I put in like film and like that kind of stuff, which are kind of hard to get for like nonprofit, I suppose. And I've also put in podcasting because podcasting is what I do enjoy to do with my time. You know, it's something I've been doing. If you listen to my podcast, I say I listen to Fox for about 10 years now, if, if probably longer actually. Because I think I grew up in a specific age where um, the internet was, you know, alive and well. And more than that, online content creation was at its, not at its peak, but, you know, very much a force to be reckoned with. So when you had um, these personalities, you know, whether it be like comedians or reviewers or anything like that, they would often have a podcast because, you know, a lot of them are personality based. So you would you know, want to hear more from the personality. So they would talk. So like they would you know, have like an hour long podcast where they talk about whatever, you know, maybe, you know, if they're a review channel, they talk about, oh, you know, this game came out this week. Let's talk about it. If they're like a comedy channel, you know, they just talk about their lives. And what I found was there is a um, online video production company called uh, Rooster Teeth. They're based in uh, Austin, Texas. So, you know, a little Austin, a little Texas uh, for, the, for the audience again. <laughs> and the, um and I was really into their their videos as, a, as like a eleven year old, like twelve year old, and like a lot of their personalities would be on this thing called the Rusty Podcast, where they would just talk about literally anything. And like that was, I would just listen to that, just like get more out of these people that I enjoyed listening to, I guess. And you know, eventually, um, that just that that's the way I, I view podcasts personally. Uh, you know, I, I understand them as an educational tool, as a tool for the betterment of society but the way i got into them and the way i 
feel, see myself experiencing them. M- most of them is an a way into the minds and like the insights of people I admire or enjoy. Hmm. So we're working together on podcasts and uh, we designed this uh, plan. Uh, let's walk through it so listeners understand. So it's kind of like a three-pronged plan. The first part of it is social media development. You were going to start a TikTok and start posting some things there. Second part was to put, and this was your idea, and I think it was a brilliant one, was to put together a best of episode. Uh, and this episode, this best of episode snippets from episodes that you choose produce the whole thing. It's kind of a stepping stone to the final project, which is, you know, you interviewing somebody on your own, a full-blown interview, full-scale interview, long-form interview with Dr. Neil. Um, So let's walk through each of these things together. Let's start first with TikTok uh, and social media management. Um, First off, how was that experience? What were the challenges or anything you had to overcome? What did you value from starting a TikTok and managing the, the TikTok page for a few weeks? Um, and then how do you, I mean, if you if you want to answer the, a third question, how do you think that, you know, helps you going forward in careers in technical communication? Very good question, Charles. Um, I'm, I'm not... Uh social media savvy person i think most it's, it's you know I'm, I'm i do social media to like look at funny stuff and that's about it but only tiktok is kind of meant for that at this point but uh, i t- um tiktok is a much for is for people younger than i am i am uh, i turned i just turned 22 this year and in, in march so you know uh, it's for more people who are like in high school now like people who are like 16 17 18 you know it's their social media that they use to express themselves to you know discuss the uh, cultural zeitgeist i suppose you know what's in what's not and um as as a as someone who's a thousand outside to that i definitely tried to like push myself to understand that 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 medium it's it's not the same i think as something like instagram or twitter or like or facebook it is meant for short attention span it's it's meant for people who want a lot in very little time and you know a lot of my um previous experience if you could call it experience with um social media was you know uh, a, a a post that you would interact with for you know, a, a longer period of time than most you know an infographic almost a um a post talking about how you know, this injustice is being committed somewhat, something you need to pay attention to for time to get the most out of it. So um, to shift my focusing slower and, or fa- I mean, faster and more um, attentive uh, almost, it was definitely a, a learning experience. I, I never used to talk before um, working with you. So it was <laughs> definitely a, a jump up. I'm excited because now, you know, we're integrating more video into the podcast, uh, like as a transmedia, you know, thing, right? It's a podcast, it's on social media, et cetera. It has, uh, and I think that's exciting. It's also, you've created a foundation for future 
you know, potential interns, fellows, et cetera, to do work on that uh, social media platform. Because uh, I don't know a lot about TikTok other than I have the app so I can watch all the TikToks that my wife sends me. Um, my wife is not in high school, but she's, you know, she's my age. So I don't know if I push back against TikTok being the social media for the young people. Oh, no, you're, oh, no, you're not wrong at all. I, I, I live in, again, I guess we're talking about COVID before this, but like, yeah, I, yeah. I live in COVID times. To me, I'm still, I'm still 19. I'm like, I, I'm fresh out of high school and like, I don't understand what these kids these days are doing, but like, yeah, at this point, TikTok is as ubiquitous with old people or older people as Instagram or, or Twitter are now. It's like, it's, it's for everyone now. It's not, it's, it's not just for, it's definitely not just for young people, I suppose. Wow. You know, per uh, a poignant moment in the podcast, just then some perspective on how students are dealing with COVID, especially if they're moving from high school to college. So you put together this best of episode. How did you go about choosing whose voices you wanted to include and what topics they were talking about in that episode? I'd like to first thank uh, Dr. Rich. I think it was his idea. It's like, like first to like, hey, you know, you could probably you know, dip your feet into this, into this medium by making a, um, a best website. You don't got to make your own content. So I thank him for at the very least playing the idea in my head, if not, have not being the originator entirely. So thank you. Thank him for that. But um, I will be honest with you, Charles. I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but uh, I, I, I went through, I tried to take one episode from every 10 episode so I took one from the teens one from the 20s one from the 30s I tried I initially tried I want to go back I definitely would, didn't want anything yeah. past 100 because I thought that was a little too recent I want like a perspective not like not like a not enough throwback uh, like uh, per se so I want to go back and take and take a, sh- a look at them um also partially you're gonna love this answer too some of the numbers I picked I picked them because they were um the jersey numbers of hockey players I liked <laughs> <laughs> like like 47 is like Pierre Engvall, 34 is Austin Matthews. So these are Maple Leafs players. Yes, right? they are. <laughs> so so I picked the, so I was partially for like how I picked them. And then that that wasn't even the hard part, I think. Like 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 or not I'm not about, about hardness, I'm about like purpose. Like uh, basically that's how I chose them. And then how I chose like what to use for them, because I think. You know, not every piece of a podcast can go in the best episode. I think when there's 40 minutes of of speech, only so much of it can capture an audience or will be of something that people want to hear if they've heard it already more than like before heard it here more than once. So I would go for these, perhaps like um, too much, too, perhaps too much for me to, to think of. Um, I would go for these like philosophical almost ideas. You know, when people would talk about grand ideas or like you know their studies or like things that I felt could be of interest to anyone I felt I wanted this episode to appeal to I guess in a broad audiences is an an answer I could say even though it's definitely just for it's for you know fans of the show but I definitely didn't want all the footage or all the um contexts are the content to be you know theory based or um communication based i want people to talk about their personal lives i want people i want to hear people talk about you know their families their um 
the, the, the work they do, how, how they're affected by this and that, you know, what, uh, one of my favorite ones was, I forget which episode it was, but the one where your guest talks about memes, like to me, like, you know, they went into this whole deep um, thing about how they talk, how they write about memes and research. And, you know, I had sized up that entire bit and went to the part where they said their favorite meme and like try to explain it to you in like the simplest terms possible. And like, it, it was just like something that was to me very human, very like, yeah. you know, um, approachable, very re-listenable re- re- almost. I love that. Um, so the final project was for you to conduct a long form interview with someone uh, of your choice. And you chose Dr. Neil, Natalie Neil, who is a professor at York University. Why'd you choose Dr. Neil? I, uh, it's a good question, Charles. I could have chosen anyone. I couldn't have. <laughs> no, um, like, okay, so you, the obvious, the obvious thing I would have done if obvious things were, you know, the easiest, I would have doc- done Dr. Rich. Dr. Rich talks about rhetoric. He would have fit the podcast perfectly. Only issue, he's already on the podcast because that's how you know him. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he was, what, he's like what, episode 109, I think, 112, around that area. So he was on the show already. So obviously he was out. Um, not to say that I would have guaranteed got him, but it'd be an, it would have been an easy home run almost, like, you know, too, too easy almost. Um, so I went, so I want to talk to people who I thought like would, you know, suit the, the show format, but also, you know, give an interesting perspective. I didn't want someone to just co- like, sometimes the communication talks on this show can to me you know they're all to me i I always try to actively listen i don't like having pockets on the background excuse me really i like to engage with them as much as i can so um but sometimes the technical speak and the talk about theories and research can become kind of not mind-numbing but like you know it, it, it becomes almost verbal white noise you know in a sense it's um, i'm I'm hearing this person talk so passionately about what they're talking about and to me it's just it it it, 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 it's 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 almost in one one year out the other but you know you know but it's just because i've again i've listened like just so much the past couple weeks for that best of episode that definitely didn't help me (laughs) with that kind of um thought process so 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 that was my approach to coming to the episode uh, much of my episode um i also thought about I had a um, a TA in in third year uh, named Anjali. She um, she was uh, in one of my writing classes as a TA, and she's a excellent thinker. She's um, f- former former I think math major from IEFT. Decided she loved writing and wanted to do that instead. Which like just I like that to me that that just story is prime enough for like a podcast treatment almost. So. Uh, so she had so she had that and like and that was and I want I did and she I've worked with her before she's she writes for the school paper and like I've been a quote for her sometimes so I want like you know maybe like have her have, like talk to her about something instead um so that was an idea I had in my head but I also wanted someone because I mean per, perhaps it was the gall of me I want someone like professional almost you know I want someone that like demand like demanded some kind of Hot, not higher like what's what well, i'm trying i'm trying to think <laughs> like and, and not say something very mean <laughs> no but i mean someone that like uh 
pushed you for to engage in the, the dialogue you know yeah, what it, i mean it, yeah someone who might be a little hard to talk to you know like someone who would engage but also you know be able to reflect almost like more in a sense so um that was also a, a, a thought um so this this year um film and literature of course i have with um, dr neil it's a full year course. It go, went from goes from September to April, so we're reaching the end of it now. And uh, so I've been with her for a long time now, for like long, like about as long as I've been with Rich, and that kind of that kind of thing. And so I definitely had a, a, a relationship already existing there. And she's um, just in general, she's a fantastic person. Like I, like it's she's one of those professors that makes you. I'm a quiet guy. Um, I don't know if I get that across in this interview, but um, I'm a quiet person. I do not like to raise my hand in class unless like I have to, or yeah, just, even if I feel like I have something to say, I don't want to say it usually, but she's the kind of person that makes you raise your hand regardless and say what you have to say, because you know, you feel like you can say it in front of her. And I think that desire to engage and that, you know, that, Aura that um, that kind of that atmosphere she brings, just to me, she seemed like the most obvious candidate to have on the show to have in a podcast kind of form. And she's also a researcher and like as well as a professor. So she, I, I, I knew I could get some more out of her than just asking her about her schedule or whatever. So she's she's a multifaceted, um, professional, amazing person. So yeah, and that's I guess how I got to it. <laughs> If that's a good answer. I think it's a great answer. It's a really, really great answer. So now that the collaboration is winding up, winding down, I guess, finishing, concluding, uh, what are some things you're taking away from it? Not like praise for me kind of thing, but like practical stuff. Like, oh, I learned about this or, oh, I could use this in the future. I can't praise you, Charles. Why not? Uh, in your podcast episode, you said working with me was uh, has been a dream come true. I was like, uh, that's that's pretty pretty nice praise, Brandon. <laughs> I only speak the truth and nothing but it. <laughs> but what are some of the practical things that you took away from the collaboration? I suppose in um in any young person's life, especially someone who's in academia or like just getting out of it, you know, everyone has their first jobs and like, you know, working at retail or working at a restaurant, working you know, with your parents in their office or whatever, that kind of job. But I think what young people come into in this job market is a lot more internships, a lot more fellowships, a lot more having that kind of job more than like a typical job someone around that age to get like into the field they want to get into and i think having that you know it's they're not always easy you gotta got apply all the time you have to you know get rejected a couple of times before you even get the one one you half want so i think to be able to get into something that i do want to get into and like when work in that capacity of a internship or a fellowship um perspective um and do it with you especially i think that that can only be preparing you. I, I, perhaps uh, as a, it's, a, it's a bad thing, actually. Like I said in my episode, you're the best boss you could ever have. Perhaps I'm going to be like, dang, when I go to the, like, uh, if I ever get another fellowship or internship, I'm like, wow, it's so much better with Charles, just go back, <laughs> you know? So it definitely helped me, like, you know, help me get into that um, mindset in that, um, that area, that 
hopefully will, you know, be present in my life for a couple more years if I can. So as a fourth year, does that mean, when do you graduate and what are your plans after graduation? Uh, so technically I'm only supposed to be a, a third year. Te- technically I'm supposed to be out here in three years, but, um, I was very smart and did not want to do classes online in second year because that was when COVID was um, rain rampant and, you know, all, everything's online. I want, I didn't want to like, you know, I'd be like, uh, I can't justify going to school for like extra courses to pay for them or whatever with uh, doing it online. I, I prefer to be in class, like regardless, like even like, I, even though I don't want to talk in class, I want to be in class personally. So I was, I was slow to get out to get my proper credits. So and I'm also just not, again, not good at reading things. So I need to get like a necessary course that you're supposed to do in your first year. I have to do it this summer. So I will be, um, I, come April's the time everyone graduates in university usually, but I will be graduating in September if I'm, if I'm, if all goes well. Excellent. Uh, I know everything will go well. Is there any exciting rest of the year for you, Brandon? Uh, I hope so. So you went to the Maple Leafs game last night. Are they off tonight? Yeah, they're off until uh, tomorrow. Off until tomorrow. Are you going to get to go to the game tomorrow? Unfortunately, no. Um, no. Um, it may fortunately so. Um, Leafs, season, they, they got a bad record. Not bad record. They got a bad schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Their last couple of games are going to be away from home. They play, oh. two, they, play, they play two more games at home. They play against the Blue Jackets on Tuesday and then um, the Canadian on Saturday, and then they're okay. on the road for the rest of the season until the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to go to that game. Unfortunately, when you buy tickets like day or two out, they will cost you right absor- um, exorbitantly more than they would out at um, um, if you get them early because they're all resale and scalp like to make money. So, yeah, it's that's not it's not my I I enjoy spending money. Um, not in the smartest ways, but not like that. Who are your favorite guitarists? Hmm. Good question, Charles. Um, it's going to be a music podcast now. Should we do a music podcast sometime? I think we should just shift gears completely. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I guess my favorite guitar players, I had to... I used to have a list when I was like really into music because I have like an actual list of like the guys I'm like super inspired by or whatever. <laughs> But I think um, if I had to pick like a couple, I'd probably pick uh, George Harrison from the Beatles because everyone is like that, of course. Everyone loves the Beatles. Um, um, James Hetfield and um, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. I'm a big, I'm into metal as well as like just general rock. And then um, Joey Ramone from the Ramones, I'm also into punk rock. So that's kind of like my style. Like, I, I, like, I like playing a lot of power chords, a lot of distortion. So his style is definitely... Uh, influential on on me and then i'd probably say also say uh jack white uh from the white stripes his just his garage rock styles are really influential to me like very simple music i cannot play complex music i cannot play jazz i'd love to i love people like bill evans and um and uh miles davis but i I cannot play that kind of music what are you doing this afternoon um if all goes to plan i will skateboard home I, yeah um you're such a commuter school i can skateboard to, like skateboard home in an hour <laughs> that, that, that's how I, I i'd rather skateboard now than live at live at live on campus <laughs> so i will do that if 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 i 
feel like it. I might, have, I might have to do some work. I definitely have some work I have to finish up for my um, rhetoric in the news class. I am far behind on my work in that class because it's the end. I have to brush out my work. I'm like, I'm a typical student. I don't get anything done on time. I'm sure you know that. Brandon, it's been a pleasure to work with you the last 12 weeks. Uh, thank you for timely work, impressive work, work that sets a foundation for people who might come, you know, in following semesters. Uh, thank you so much, Brandon. It's been a pleasure to work with you. A pleasure with you too, Charles. I think I'm, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already nostalgic for it. Uh, uh, thanks so much, Brandon. It was quite rewarding to work with Brandon, as I said earlier. You know, last year when I was working at ECU, I told a colleague that I hoped for more voices on the podcast, and this is what I meant. As for you all, listeners, if you have students who need to complete internships or different projects uh, in your courses, and they're interested in the field, in technical communication, in rhetoric, in podcasting, Keep TBR Podcast in mind. Okay, I'll be back next week with another new episode of TBR Podcast. Until then, always be listening rhetorically. The Big Rhetorical Podcast is produced by Exalt Digital Media. Exalt Digital Media, not for profit. The Big Rhetorical Podcast was recorded on the land of many native nations, past and present. These original homelands are territories of indigenous peoples who are largely dispossessed and removed. We specifically acknowledge the traditional stewardship of this land by the Wichita, Kikapu, and Tawakoni peoples. Music for the Big Rhetorical Podcast is brought to you by DJ Lang, Stefa Helix, and Admiral Bob. Come on.